He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you here on a Monday. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org and check out everything that they have to offer. Covering golf in the state of Oklahoma. Getting everything that you could possibly, possibly need. What a great weekend of Olympic golf it was. Dragging into the wee hours of... Of the morning on one Mr. Sam Humphrey's 26th birthday. Yeah, I appreciate you guys coming. Happy birthday. To, uh, you guys threw a little surprise birthday party for me. That was yeah, awesome. That, I appreciate it, boys. Your fiance Reagan and, put and, that all together. And- yeah, absolutely. And T-Dub even brought me a poster of all my uh, people that I've talked crap on on the podcast, like of the likes of like Harry Varden and Walter Hagen and Caddyshack and uh, gave me some stats to back those guys up and Bobby Jones. So, uh... I appreciate it, T-Dub. I learned a little bit. I had to incite you in the history of the game because, (laughs) you know, I know your mind, once you see 1950, anything before that just kind of blocks out. So I had to inform you on some local knowledge. Like Tom Norris, or Tom 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 Morris, (laughs) and I don't know if you noticed this on the thing, I put old Tom Morris Sr. It's totally contradicting because I either see old Tom Morris or Tom Morris Sr., so I just put both of them on there. So Hold on real quick. The best one was the picture of sheep on a golf course. It said the 1900 Olympic field. Yes. (laughs) But, no, I I feel like I'm actually an advocate for the old guys. I keep their their wins alive, and I I tell everyone, you know, what they shot and how good they did. (laughs) You keep their legacy alive by saying they played against sheep. (laughs) I'm an advocate. I tell everyone what they shot in the 1900 Olympics playing against 11 other people and nobody could break 80. All right, this was not the 1900 Olympics. This was the 2020 Olympics being contested in 2021. How about that for a riddle down the road in a history class? Uh, Xander Schauffele, congratulations, Xander. Gold medal. Should have known that this would be Xander's week. It's a limited field, no-cut event, which is kind of where Xander thrives. Uh, Won the Olympics. Three of his four PGA Tour wins are limited field, no-cut events. Don't know what it is about that style that makes him feel comfortable. It was still a good field, strength of field. I'm trying to remember back last year. What was it, like 387? somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know if you can pull yeah, that back up. No, it was. Tyler, it, the, it was in the mid-300s. Yeah, so the or strength, or of field, high strength of field was decent. Not a major, not a yeah. WGC, but good yeah, strength of field. Yeah. And the the pressure, I, I mean, I don't know about y'all, but you could tell that the pressure was seriously mounting on that back nine. And for him to get up and down the way he did from the fairway on 18 for par, that wedge shot he threw in there was one of the best shots of his entire career, and he'll never forget it. That was the best shot of his life, in my opinion. I mean, he was trying uh, to make it a little bit of a more interesting tournament than it was. I was struggling to stay awake there for a little bit. Uh, And then he made it interesting on 12 when he found basically the only trouble on the whole golf course to the right over there. Then took a weird drop to me, by the way, boys. he, He dropped in a place where it rolled closer to the trees over there. So then he has tree trouble even after the drop. You okay, know. Okay, I have a question. So we walked in the door. My wife and I were out. We walked in the door as he was like lining up to hit that shot yep. from those trees. So I didn't I didn't okay. see that live. So did he have well, to take an unplayable? First, well, first of all, he got very fortunate. Okay. He got very fortunate to find the ball because he yes. had hit a provisional that went left before that. So well, he would have like been the outfield fence at Wrigley Field is what it looked yeah, like. Over yeah, there. exactly. But what I, I know that he took his two club links, but what I'm saying is he dropped it in a place because when he dropped it, the ball rolled closer to the trees. Mm. you got to be a little more particular with that, especially when you only got a foot or two to work with because he didn't have much room because the two club links only got him about uh, two feet out, I say, I'd say i say, and he dropped it two feet out of the, the stuff, and the ball rolled about a foot from you know the stuff and then hit it way over there. But then he did end up making, saving a nice bogey on that hole, and he saved the par on 18. So, I mean, Xander, yes, he's still 
he still kind of sneaky choked down the down the stretch, but he, he tried. But then he saved he, it on eighteen. He tried, and then it was like it was almost exactly like what we saw Cameron Champ do. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, seventeen two was a nice birdie yeah. for Xander. T up. Yeah, and I I think that on the drop, like you mentioned, Sam, it's just the fact of you got two club links. You use your longest club, which is the driver, and uh, or you're supposed to use your longest club, which is not your putter, and so use the driver. And just the two club links, he just he was so far into the trees, he couldn't get far enough out to where he wanted to. Um. One thing that I thought would have been advantageous, he was able to make a swing, but let's say, for example, he wasn't able to get his full relief and have the trees. One thing he could have used to his advantage is that a lot of people think that because he hits that provisional that he has to go use that next shot. Well, literally because he found that ball, that provisional... Uh, that provisional is out of play now since he found right. his ball. Yeah. So he hit his provisional into into the crap. He he that doesn't matter anymore. He yeah. can go back and hit a perfect drive again if yeah, he wanted you, to. Well, you well, that's what, no, you can't even use that provisional it's once not you an found option. that first well, time. I, yeah. I think I've told this story before. Uh one time on a par three, I hit a ball that went into a tree and we didn't see it come out and we didn't know if it kicked out of bounds or what happened to it. So I hit a provisional. I hold the provisional on the par three. <laughs> this was before I had made a hole in one. So I hold the provisional, which would have been for par. We found my original tee shot. So it was stymied behind a tree, and I made double. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. a weird hole. That's the just o- the, that's the only rule. way you can do it is if you find your ball out of bounds. Even if yes. you find your ball in a hazard, you can't do it. Right. Yeah. Because you can still play it. Yeah. Correct. You can still play it. So I, uh, I don't know if y'all heard, I mean, most people were probably going to sleep, but Xander, after the round, talked about that hole, number 12. He talked about the, the shot that he hit whenever he punched it through the trees and ended up in the left rough. And I don't know if y'all stayed up and watched this, but after the round, Xander said, he's like, you know, sometimes to win golf tournaments, you have to get some breaks. I end up in the right side on 12. I totally sculled my uh, punch shot coming out of the trees. Yeah. And he said, he said, and I missed my gap. It went through a gap that I wasn't looking at. Yeah. Sometimes you just get lucky. It could have easily hit a tree I mean, and kicked out. And but but then once he got over in the rough, he had a good shot. I mean, he did what he needed to do to um, to well, win the golf tournament. Actually, so. after he was in the rough, he caught it high on the face and it clipped the yes, tree. Yeah, you know, you're, and uh, then he hit a good and shot. And then he hit a good and shot. Got it up and in. But I want to be clear, just so people aren't mad at me on the drop. I'm not talking about. Why did he drop it so close? Because you have to take the two club links from where the ball is because it wasn't marked as a hazard. And right? it can't be closer but to I, the hole, and you cannot go further than two My club problem links. with the drop, I'm not saying he's cheating or anything. I'm saying the, actually the opposite. I think he kind of screwed himself by, like, when you drop it, you want to make sure the ball lands in a place where it's not going to roll towards the stuff that is going to be in your way. And it ended up, he sculled that shot and hit it through the wrong gap because the club caught on the backswing because of the trees. And I think he could have actually, you know, had a little bit more room if he was a little bit more particular on that drop, but it seemed like he just got up there and dropped it. Yeah, but maybe. I it's, just wanted to be clear about that. Yeah, and, you know, I just wonder for Xander now. Obviously, this is his first win anywhere worldwide since the 2019 Century Tournament of Champions. I, I just wonder, does this take the lid off? For Xander, I mean, Xander's been a consistent top 10 player in the world, uh, top five player in the world. He's now up to number four in the world, and he's done all of that without winning. I mean, the Olympic pressure was pretty significant coming down the stretch there, and he was able to get it done. He birdied 17 getting up and down out of the bunker. He parred 18 after missing his tee shot way right. He, he, He stumbled a little bit on the back nine, but he was able to get it done with all that pressure. Does this take the lid off for Xander? Well, it's funny because you mentioned it, Colby. This was his technically first win since 2019, but when you look at the official World Golf Rankings, they count him as winning the 2020 Tour Championship because of the 72-hole score. No, that's so, nonsense. So the official World Golf Rankings considers he won that tournament even though he didn't, which is absolutely asinine to me. I think that's Guy, one guys, of the, guys play differently depending on how the yeah, leaderboard stacks up. I don't understand how the ODWGR so, could do that. So that's, that's the reason why Xander is all the way up to four. He'd probably be closer to seven or eight. Not saying he's not a top ten player in the world by any stretch, but just goes to show that you know the, the rankings can be skewed a little bit in your favor. But is this the lid that takes it off? I think it depends on what you mean by lid because I think that I, 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 progn- I prognosticated it last week. I think that uh, Xander would win a playoff event. I think I might have been a little too early because the <laughs> Olympic gold might take over for some of those uh, playoff events coming up since there's only three as opposed to four. I think that he'll start winning some more regular events. I think it may take him at least another year or two for that major, though. I really do. And yeah. maybe even longer than that just because uh, of – everything that we've seen leading up to this point. I mean, they're hard to win. There's only four. The great thing that I saw with Xander this week was his putting. I mean, he was absolutely rock solid inside about – inside of about 10 feet. And I think that that's a really good sign for Xander moving forward. Um, and, and he had a bunch of pressure, not only – not quite the pressure of like a Sung J.M. or a Siwoo Kim, but 
Uh, Xander was born in Japan, grew up in Japan. And, and so basically, um, you know, you know, the whole story of his dad was a triathlete and, um, basically got hit by a car and ended his career. And basically his dad's dream was to be an Olympic athlete. And for Xander to go out there and deal with the pressure of trying to win a gold medal for his dad in Japan. I mean, that's big time pressure. And he was making putt after putt after putt, uh, on, on, you know, their Sunday, our Saturday, uh, to win that Olympic golf tournament. So I think that there was a bunch of pressure on that tournament and I, and I have to give it up to Xander. I've been hard on Xander in the past, but he was really rock solid coming down the stretch. Although, with the one caveat that his swing, he still gets under the plane when he gets nervous. And, he, and we saw it on 12 and we saw it on 18. Uh, and you're going to have to be really careful. He got extremely lucky on both holes uh, to get away with playing number 12 and number 18 at only one over because we saw Rory Sabatini sitting right there. And we'll get to him in a second. But, you know, I, I, I think that, Rory, I mean, I think that Xander, you know, it, it's a positive, but it's he's not. I, I wouldn't say it takes the lid off to beat guys like Rom or, um, you know, the elite guys on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, he definitely did have to square off against Spain's best this week, which was, of course, Jorge Campillo, who I believe finished <laughs> down at about five over. But let's talk about Rory because I think coming into the week, we all knew that which Rory, one? we all knew that Rory could be a contender. <laughs> uh, we knew that Rory had a good chance. I mean, there's only sixty guys in the field; two of them are named Rory, so we got a one in thirty chance basically that a Rory's going to contend, and both of them did. Rory Sabatini Sunday sixty. One and he fist pumped it in on 18. The 61 that he put together was pretty sick. Rory McIlroy got himself into the, you know, million way playoff for third, which we'll get into in a minute. But Rory Sabatini, so representing the country of Slovakia, he's from South Africa. Okay, so he's from South Africa. He married a woman from Slovakia, which Steve Sands made sure after the round to ask him, uh, you know, I just thought it was so funny after the round. Steve said, "said Now I know your second wife is from Slovakia. He could have just said your wife, but yeah. he said second and, wife. And on in the fairway on eighteen, they were like, he has three kids from a previous marriage. Right? Like, like, just, they didn't have to mention all that. And by the way, real quick, just he could have played for the U.S. too because he's an American citizen. Right? But I well, but he couldn't have played for the U.S. because he couldn't have qualified. No. Well, that's can, what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, yeah, but yeah. he can qualify for Slovakia. All that being said. I was really happy for Sabatini to put that round together. He's been out there for so long, grinding, putting in the work, and he has so few big results to show for it, and he was this close to being in a playoff for gold. It was, you know, is he a big name? No. Is it as, as sexy or as exciting if it would have been Rory or Morikawa or somebody in silver? No. But it's a guy who's been doing it for more than two decades who put a really incredible final round together. And to go to that point about two decades, <laughs> I saw a stat that made me fall out of my chair that Rory Sabatini was runner-up to Tiger Woods in the 96 NCAA championship. That's that just awesome. made me fall out because, because I just think that Tiger's way younger than him for some reason. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that is interesting. Well, it goes to show that Tiger's an old old man at this point. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you Tiger know, shot 80 in that final round that year, I think, and won by like four. Did he really? Yeah, because he was so far ahead. Conditions got nasty on that last day, and he shot 80, but he still won by four because he was ahead by, like, 13 going into the That's final crazy. round. Hashtag domination. You know, one thing I'll notice, because we were talking about Shoffley earlier and with how he hit that great approach on 18, how he made some putts on 17. One thing that I think was interesting was the fact that the guy that he needed to make sure that he beat was, what, 35, 40 minutes ahead of finished before Shoffley did. And if, Hideki if not faltered because Hideki uh, could have made a little run. That's exactly what I was getting to was the fact of if anyone choked more than anyone, it was Hideki. He missed so many putts mm-hmm. on the back nine. It was I blame Sam. He, he should <laughs> – Hideki should have had the – Hideki should have had a tie for, for silver, which would have – I guess they would have played that off for silver and bronze. There should have never been this huge – playoff for bronze, which I'd love to see. I thought it was very entertaining, even though I couldn't stay awake because I was so tired and it was late uh, late in the morning or early in the morning, however you want to phrase it. And it was very intense and, and cool to watch, but Hideki missed so, so many putts. And it was it got hard to watch. On 15, he missed he three-putted from like 20 feet, missed the little short birdie putt on 17, and then wasn't able to birdie 18, then bogeyed it in the playoff. And so I think for representing the home country of Japan, I think Hideki's got to be the one that's kind of kicking himself the most this uh, 
after the fact because I mean Sabatini got or yeah Sabatini got silver, but he shot ten under on the last day. What's he supposed to do? Go out and shoot twelve under and win? I mean, you know, you can only set your expectations so high. Yeah, Sunday sixty one is. I mean, you did everything you could do with Sunday sixty one. He even so he, he hold out Colby, on like the eighth hole. Colby said he didn't have a problem with Rory Sabatini. I do. I mean, if you're born in South Africa, you're a U.S. citizen, and your wife's cousin is the vice president of Slovakia and gets you an exemption into the Olympics. Now, Colby, before the show, told me that this happens more often than you would think in the Olympics, but I still think it's a little bit of BS. In in other sports, apparently, I'm not an Olympic expert. I don't claim to be. But some stuff I was reading this weekend was like, okay, in other Olympic sports, People reclassify to other countries because other countries don't have the same caliber of athlete. Like, my whole thing is, like, if there was a golfer in Slovakia who was really deserving of that spot and Sabatini took it, I'd be like, all right, that's messed up. I mean, I don't think there's there's any big names in Slovakia that were like, I missed my chance. I know, but it it just feels... Weird, slimy, a little bit to me. I don't know, maybe... You you know that Rory Sabatini had to sit down really hard and think, how can I spin this the right way? And he figured out a great excuse of, I want to grow the game in Slovakia. There you go. (laughs) Silver medalist. (laughs) What do you think, Tyler? I mean, so the way it sounds to me is if you want to play the Olympics, find a spouse who is from a no-name country, (laughs) and you can apparently get in. From what it sounds like, because I under, I understand that that their citizenship and all that, but at the end of the day, besides from the fact of the example like you mentioned with Shoffley, where I believe he was born in Japan, but wasn't there was some military something or something in there, or maybe it was uh, schooling. But nevertheless, there was a reason they were in Japan. They weren't just living there. What for- is the reason that Shoffley was in I, Japan? I was just because looking it up. I know that his dad was like training for the Olympics and his mom is from uh Chinese or Chinese Taipei or is it is, is she from Japan or? Uh, so my, my a better example would be like if you were born on a military base yeah in in some other country no, and, I, I, know, I know that like yeah that. yeah but the fact of that so, so here we go so here we go uh Alexander Victor Schauffele was born on October 25th 1993 in San Diego California to a German-French naturalized immigrant father and a Taiwanese naturalized immigrant mother who grew up in Japan. So it's saying here that he was actually born in San Diego, okay. but that his mother is a is from Taiwan, but she grew up in Japan, and then his father is German-French and is a naturalized immigrant. So um, so he could play for any country he wants, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, Serge Ibaka special. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I did not realize that he had all that in his background. Uh, and whenever they were interviewing him after the round about his grandparents being still in Tokyo, I mean, he goes over there yeah. a lot. He loves going... He I said he loves was. going to Japan uh, and his grandparents, and that'll be on his mom's side. His mom's parents still live over there. And I'm sure that meant a whole, whole lot to them to see him do that in Tokyo. That Without a doubt. And that brings up one more point I want to bring up. They had the whole... 18th hole lined with cameramen and media people, but you can't allow fans or you can't allow Xander Shoffley's family that lives in Japan to come watch Xander Shoffley when the whole, literally, there had to have been at least 2,000 people there on, on that fine on the 18th hole. I think they should have allowed fans. A lot of hypocrisy going on. That's all I got to say. I, I think that I don't think that they should have allowed fans because they were they're in the middle of another outbreak and they're trying to curb it. But I think more families should have been allowed. I agree. Like just I, I like, would take that. Like just randoms off the street. Like I don't think randoms off the street had to be there because they're being strict about trying to curb okay. this current outbreak. But his grandparents should have been able to be there if they wanted to. I will say it was at least cool that his dad was there because his dad is his coach and yes. he's allowed to be there and to see his son win the gold medal when it was taken away from him was just. Awesome. Well, and his dad's kind of been like his teammate. I mean, his, yeah. dad, his, his dad and him have really been a team pretty much his entire career. It's a really so cool it was, story. Do you know how he, that uh, I forget his dad's name, uh, learned the game of golf? He just went to, in, in Tokyo, while he was living in Tokyo, went to a golf simulator and just fell in love with the game on some golf simulator in downtown Tokyo. And, and and learned the game and ended up teaching Xander about golf. And that's how Xander learned the game of golf. Well, in Tokyo and Japan, they've always been a little bit ahead of us when it comes to, like, the VR stuff and being yeah. a little bit more realistic, that, that kind of thing. So I bet the simulator he was in was maybe a little bit more high-tech even back then. Yeah. Or maybe close Probably to what we, what have, we now. have now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where you could play on actual golf courses and you weren't just yeah. sitting in and getting, you know, how far you hit the ball. Stefan. Stefan Shoffley. I knew it, yeah. Stefan yeah. Shoffley. Uh, also, also, you mentioned earlier, Xander's full name is Alexander. It is. 
I'm gonna start calling him Alexander. <laughs> I'm gonna call. I'm gonna start calling him Alexander when he finishes second. <laughs> so, so every time, basically. So, so this week he's Xander. Yeah, he's so, Xander. He won the gold. He's Xander this week. Yep. So uh, you either got that, or I guess he can win the seventy-two hole event when he technically didn't win, which is what the official will go for. I'm still, I'm still pissed about speaking that. Speaking of, it spe- still makes no sense. Speaking of Stefan, we we came up with this great idea uh, last week of drafting. It, okay, we're going to do this later on in the show, but we're, we're going to do it after the break. Okay, but we have a draft coming up, and you're not going to want to miss it. Yeah, you're not going to want to miss it. Let's uh, let's dive into what was a really, really long, late, dragging on seven-way playoff for third, which is not something that we normally see in the game of golf. Usually, if you're tied with six other guys for third, you know what you all get. You all get third. Congratulations on a good week. Enjoy your flight back home. You split a big check. Not at the Olympics. We're fighting for a podium spot. We had to go out in two groups on the first playoff hole. Paul Casey and Hideki both make bogey and get eliminated on the first playoff hole. So then we can... Which is ironic because they had a chance to end the playoff. Both of them had birdie putts on 18 in regulation. Hideki had a pretty good look in regulation to just completely wipe the playoff out. Yep. So those two get eliminated. Second playoff hole is a par three. Everybody makes par. Third playoff hole, C.T. Pan and Morikawa both make birdie. Uh, Morikawa almost dunks it from 168, and the C.T. Pan makes par on 18 after Morikawa plugs in the bunker to win a seven-way playoff. I did stay up all the way until the end. As soon as C.T. Pan, as soon as C.T. Pan's putt went in, I tapped my phone screen to see what it said. 3.42 our time yeah. is what time C.T. Pan uh, kicked in. I his about eight-footer for the win. It was a nice little yeah. putt to win it i made it right until like rory hit this shot right at the pin but it came up a little short and it came off the front of the green and that's the last shot i remember that was, I think on, that was the part three <laughs> yeah that was on 10 which was the second I, hole. i, I finished the part three because i wanted to see if someone would make a cool hole in one or um, <laughs> who, who was it who had the, the shortest putt uh, uh mito pereira yeah, yeah. Pereira, pereira. oh pereira. yeah he you, had like, like eight footer to win like, like 90 degree lip out right uh, no, that was so. That was actually on the next playoff hole. So on the par three, he had the shortest putt. It could have won him the bronze medal. Dude, I was fading in and out. I, so, this is how tired I was watching uh, I mean, this playoff. It, it was late. It was so. It was the, the, three the in par the three. The par three, he missed like four inches right of the hole. But then the next hole on the par four, he had a pretty good approach shot in there to about twelve feet underneath the hole, and he hit a great putt, and it went so deep in the hole and popped back out and came right back at him yep. and eliminated him from contention to win a bronze medal. It was. Was a nasty, nasty lip out, but a really good finish for a guy who's been on the Corn Ferry Tour, got his three-win promotion. He's been playing on the PGA Tour. He's going to be on the PGA Tour next year. Uh, young guy from Chile that not a lot of people know about, but he's a really good player. Uh, and the names in this playoff were pretty phenomenal. So, I mean, C.T. Pan, obviously, a good player, not a great player on the Tour. He was an unbelievable college player. Finished runner-up to Bryson Shambo at the concession in 2015 at the National Championships. Morikawa was there. Rory, Mito Pereira, Sebastian Munoz. And then Paul Casey and Hideki were in there as well. It was an action-packed, I mean, star-studded playoff. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I've and, and I still agree on this front. The Olympics is, from a golf standpoint, is not anywhere in the echelon of a major championship or anything like that. But from a viewership standpoint, it's some pretty impressive stuff. And, and, this, is why, and this is why I think so, is because y- you have essentially three trophies that you're giving out. And they all have some sort of significance. Um, the only other tournament that I compare it to is, for example, close towards the playoff events, uh-huh. where it's like you're, lo- you're looking to see who wins, but you're also looking to see, okay, well, who's in the – 125, 126 range. Yeah. Or um, you could do NCAA like regionals or nationals to get into match play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you go drop down a level of, yeah. of golf, yeah, yeah, and for team golf especially. But, um, you know, f- from this aspect, because when you're dealing with like 126 to 125 FedEx Cup, that changes with, with a bogey on 14 and someone else making a birdie somewhere else. And it's so mathematical, it's hard to keep track of. This is a lot more fundamental. You know you got seven or you got eight guys or how many ever it is at 15 under. One of them needs to make a birdie. That's what. That's all you need to know. I wish and they would have played in a sevensome, by the way. A se- I think a sevensome would have been much more electric. <laughs> a sevensome would have been awesome. It just would have kept my attention a little bit more. Well, and, because and the first playoff hole took so freaking long. Play. Yeah, the, it did. The first playoff hole took half an hour. Yeah. It did. No, it, it, no one was hitting any good shots either. No, like. nobody, nobody birdied it. <laughs> no, and and the two guys. Well, make a caveat here. Uh, Casey and Hideki, the two guys that bogeyed, were in the group that had to wait. I mean, I think having to wait was a big disadvantage there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think it was, Especially too. when you're behind a foursome. 
I think it was too because and I don't understand why did why did Hideki, Paul Casey, and Rory have to be on the tee box before the first group even teed off? Is it because they were all in the same playoff? Because all those other guys got to warm up, go straight to the tee box and play, and then these three guys, I know that they hadn't been off the course that long, but I wouldn't wanted to just go stand up there and be cold for fifteen or twenty minutes and then have to step up and play the playoff hole. I would have rather, you know, gone and gotten a drink of water, gone to the bathroom, hit a few putts, made five, eight, ten swings on the range, and then go to the tee box. I thought it was weird that the three of those guys had to be standing on the tee box. Or maybe they didn't have to be. Maybe they chose to be. But all three of those guys were on the tee box watching that first group tee off, which yep. I thought was a little strange. I don't know. I thought that they could have taken an extra ten minutes to themselves. Yeah, and I want to bring up the fact that C.T. Pan was a big-time player coming out of Washington uh, onto the PGA Tour. And, you know, he's kind of been not a – disappointment but a lot of people thought that he was going to be the next big thing uh when he was in college it was right when I was getting into college and he was like the big man uh up there in the Pac-12 and you know he won five times uh as an amateur uh and he's won four times as a professional he won uh one time on the PGA Tour at the RBC so it's not like CT Pan is some no-name guy he's a big-time player and it seems like he's got his game back to where it was back then yeah I mean he definitely wouldn't have been the favorite going into that playoff, but, not, but, but I mean, still going into that playoff, I mean, I totally went into that playoff thinking anybody could win this. Morikawa would have been my pick because I figured at some point as it continued to drag on, eventually he'd hit an iron shot to a foot, uh, which he did do, but CT Pan matched him yep. and was able to birdie the same hole. So uh, it was a great, great playoff. And I thought it was uh, some good Olympic golf. Women's Olympic golf starts tomorrow. We'll give you our podiums coming up later in the show after the break. But I thought it was good Olympic golf. Uh, I tell you what, fellas, I'm really looking forward to 2028 when the Olympics are at Riviera, and I don't have to stay up until 4 o'clock in the morning watching Olympic golf. I kind of enjoyed it, you know, like, let's put it, for for instance, the other night, on, on a Saturday night, you, we could watch it until, you know, uh, like 1, one in the morning and, and not stay up super late for a Saturday. You know what I mean? Like, not 3 in the morning type, on you know. And so I, I enjoyed being able to watch it kind of in late prime time, but it lasted a little too long at on Sunday for them, Saturday for us. Yeah, the playoff is what really drug it on. The playoff added about an hour and a half to the broadcast. Yeah. 2024 was, Olympics are in Paris. So, I mean, that's... Not you, near as bad. No, you know, you're looking at not not as late as, like, the Scottish Open was, but definitely early enough to where you can... It's almost like a little earlier than British Open-esque, where you just got to set an earlier alarm and be ready to, to get My up. My early, early pick to win, Antoine Rosner. Oh, the Frenchman <laughs> home cooking, baby. Some home cooking. I might uh, have to fly to Vegas and put a future on that right now. That would be nice. That would be nice. You know what helped me stay awake <laughs> for the golf on Saturday night? I was drinking a delicious clubby at 3.30 in the morning as I watched a seven-way playoff in the Olympics. Uh, Clubby's a more drinkable version of the Oklahoma staple, the club special. The official seltzer of slicing limes, not swings. Xander could have used that on 12 and 18. Lemon and lime, natural flavoring, only four grams of carbs, two grams of sugar, 100 calories. Has electrolytes, does not contain artificial flavors. Perfect for a hot day on or off the golf course, specifically formulated for golfers of every handicap. Make shooting anything over 110 barrel. The freshest, smoothest, leanest, greenest, number one seltzer in golf. Uh, what y'all think about the golf course over at Kasumagaseki Golf Club, which is just one of my it's one of my favorite names for a golf course in the world. I love saying it. Kasumagaseki Golf Club, Zoysia Fairways, Zoysia Rough, perfect, smooth as glass, bent yeah. grass greens. It, I, I thought it maybe lacked a little character, though. It looked like a really fun course to go play. Now, boring TV course, boring TV course, I thought the same Until, thing. It, but it, the reason why I say it's a boring TV course is because I was thinking, you know, Xander really, really has to mess up to get rid of this lead. And he almost did. But it, there's not that much trouble on this golf course. And the greens are so pure and it's Zoysia fairways and everything. But it looks so pure. I mean, I think it was a great course. And and if you look at, I, I'm sure some of our listeners played DraftKings. It was like a birdie fest for everybody. You had guys at 11 under that were tied with guys that were at like 15 under for DraftKings, you know, because they, they go off birdies and eagles and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I would give it a an A plus for, you know, course, like how pure the course was but I would give it about a B- minus for TV watching. Yeah, when you think about it, like you mentioned, you don't. if you're a golfer, you want 
Zoysia fairways and perfect bent grass greens. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better than that. I mean, and there wasn't much wind up until maybe the last few holes on on the last round. It seemed like, but for me, I I, I kind of agree with you, Sam. I, I love the golf course. I think it's very nice traditional golf course. It was built in what thirty one or thirty the early thirties, late twenties, whatever it was. Oh, very old traditional golf course. So I like that. But <laughs> the, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> basically, basically back before golf was a real thing. Yeah, so, yeah, they, they were hurting. <laughs> sheep on there and then in the 50s they, they made a golf course out of it they sheep in Japan <laughs> they probably did in 1929 because yeah. Kasumi Golf Club was built and established so I, I think that I, I completely agree but I think that at the same time it's set up it was set up to where that it I think Xander played probably the best of anyone this week, and so he ended up winning, which is which is what we want to see from a course, and that's what set up. I was worried that it was going to play too short and too soft, and it was just going to turn into a putting contest. Well, and I don't think it ended up being that because we saw people like Hideki and Paul Casey had to hit good golf shots down the stretch to be able to to get in the bronze playoff. Yeah, it, you say putting contest, but I think it was almost a ball striker's paradise, like I said it would be beforehand. You know, you had guys like Rory Sabatini that was putting it inside 10 feet on, like, every hole, it seemed like. By the way, Rory Sabatini said he had the worst range session of his life leading into that Isn't round. Isn't that so funny? And, and I, I feel like every time somebody goes super low... Every time somebody goes super low, I feel like they say that. And even like whenever we had Reen Gibson on, he talked about his 55. He said he didn't even hear range balls yeah. that day. It's, yeah. it's crazy. But my point, it, it's basically, and then you have like guys like Morikawa who shot a sneaky 63 yeah. on Sunday. And uh, so I think it really was a ball striker's paradise because the greens were so pure that even, you know, some bad putts, if, you're, if they're a little offline, they're not going to wobble. We only saw that one putt wobble. I think it was Hideki, I think, you know, had that putt wobble on like 16, I think it was. Um, but, I mean, the greens were so pure. I think that, you know, I, I really enjoyed watching the course, but maybe it was a little bit too easy. I, I would agree. I think they could have made a little a little harder, but at the same time, didn't they have a little bit of rain? Yes. They had some rain. It's been raining over there for weeks, and it rained. I mean, there was a weather delay, obviously. Round two was suspended and had to be played the next day. It's kind of uh, – and again, we know – I was going to compare it to Royal St. George's because we know what Royal St. George's plays like when it's hard, fast, and windy. It's a freaking monster. This year it was super easy. They got a bunch of rain. The course was soft. They couldn't control it. Now, same thing happened in Tokyo. Got a bunch of rain. Course was soft. They couldn't control it. I've just never seen that golf course before, so I don't know if it was dry and they let it back out a little bit. Would it play harder? I still don't know because the bent grass greens are so pure. Zoysia fairways and I stuff. do like the 18th hole. I think it's an I, entertaining 18th hole. I think 18's a really good I thought, 18 to me is probably the best hole in the course. I thought they put a bad pin location for Sunday. You did? Yeah. I, I kind of liked it on top of the little shelf right there. I don't like the green light left-hand front pin location. I thought they should have put it back right on Sunday. Back right may have made it a little more interesting. But at the same time, it's not like we saw everyone out there burning it. It's you true. Know? It's yeah. true. Back right, see, I, I just thought back right would have been easier like from the rough. Because from the rough, guys were really, I mean, you couldn't very really get very close to that pin. I do want to give a shout-out to C.T. Pan because he had his wife caddying for him, but in the playoff, he hit it in the right bunker that everybody was hitting it into off the tee, the right fairway bunker, because it was playing a little bit back into the wind uh, more than it was the previous three days. And so when he hit it in the bunker, uh, C.T. Pan, actually grabbed the rake from his wife and said I'm not you know I'm making sure yeah. that this bunker is raked correctly for the guys behind me and then so, like that was a really generous thing of CT Pan to do and then didn't Rory immediately throw his tee shot in there yeah yeah immediately yeah. <laughs> so and CT Pan though got a lot luckier than Rory well I mean I guess he didn't get luckier he doesn't hit it as far as yeah. Rory so CT Pan was probably 10 yards further back in that bunker than Rory was Rory had to pitch out into the fairway CT Pan hit a really nice fairway bunker shot even yep. from where he was he had to elevate the ball pretty quickly and get it over that front greenside bunker that we saw Morikawa plug in on the fourth playoff hole that ball that Morikawa plugged in there was brutal mm -hmm. I mean to, to stick in the face like that and it was I can't believe he got it on the green it was a great shot for him to get that ball on yeah. the green yeah. and give himself a chance but uh, it was a good tournament all around why don't we take a break come back on the other side we've got a draft coming up for you it's somewhat Olympics related we're kind of tying <laughs> it in NBA draft related it's like NBA draft free agency Olympics golf related we've got all <laughs> that we'll give you our uh, podium predictions for the US Women's Olympics as well that golf starting tomorrow the Corda sisters are over there getting ready for Kasumagaseki Golf Club Stay 
Stay with us here on 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on a Monday on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you. We're the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to golfoklahoma.org and check it all out. You will not be disappointed. Go ahead and subscribe. Make sure that you get those newsletters and you can listen to our podcast right there on the home page. Fellas, we got to show some love to former Oklahoma State Cowboy Victor Hovland. As of this morning, Victor Hovland is now the first Norwegian-born male player to crack the top 10 in the official world golf rankings. Victor Hovland is the 10th ranked player in the world, one spot behind Patrick Cantlay, one spot ahead of Jordan Spieth, and guys, two spots ahead of Rory McIlroy. I tell you what, if Victor Hovland's final year at Oklahoma State, you would have told me that in 2021, he'd already be ranked higher in the world than Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy. That would have been pretty eye-opening, and yeah. here we are. Number 10-ranked player in the world. Hovland has just had an unbelievable start to his career. I think the fact that you know we all just decided to lump Morikawa, Hovland, and Wolf all together has made it almost downplay the accomplishments of Hovland and Wolf because Morikawa's already won two majors in the yep. WGC, but... There's no downplaying Victor Hovland being a top 10 player in the world. That's that's really awesome for him. Uh, and for him to crack the top 10 by playing for his country in the Olympics is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And like you just said, when you, you when you lumped Morikawa, Wolf, and Hovland all together coming out of college, a lot of people ask me, like, who do you think out of Wolf and uh, Hovland, who, you th- who do you think will be the better pro? And I was like, well, you got to look at it this way. You got to look at it. You know, I think that, Hovland could, you know, kind of be more of a consistent presence on tour. And I think that Wolf can go deep on certain weeks. And I think it's kind of turned out to be a little bit like that, where we see Wolf go really deep on certain weeks. And then we've seen Hovland just be a consistent presence week after week after week on top 10s, top 20s. And Victor Hovland's time is coming to win a major and he might win multiple next year. And what is, out of, out of Wolf and Hovland, what's the oldest that e- each of them are? What, 24, 25 uh, at the oldest? Good question. So, I mean, th- these kids, uh, these are kids. I mean, they're younger than you are, Sam. I mean, come 23. on. 23. Hovland's 23. He'll be 24 and, and on September Wolf's 18th. 21. Yeah, 23 yep. and 20. I, I think yeah, Wolf's dang, They're three years younger than you, you old fart. Good, yep. Goodness. I mean, <laughs> and so, I mean. Uh, no, 20, Wolf's 22. He turned Wolf's, 22 in April. Okay, yep. gotcha. So uh, he's now, about a year and a half younger than Hovland. We're talking about 23 and 22-year-old kids here. I mean, there's so much golf left, and I hope um, Hovland just now to get the top 10. I think he's on track, boys. I mean, I, I know there's so many great golfers out there, but we've seen how the world golf rankings work. It's not even necessarily about getting the huge big win if you have really high finishes in so many events like Shoffley has. You can crack into the top five, and I think maybe eventually Hovland could end up being the number one golfer in the world at some point. I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, it's really interesting since it's Olympics week. I think that Hovland might be growing that game of golf in Norway a lot more. And and, and we might see a little Victor Hovland wave of Norwegians come through here in about 10 to 15 years. Maybe it'll be all those guys that were out watching him whenever he was in Norway and he had 300 people following him around the little <laughs> the little goat track there in Norway. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and Norway's flourishing as a country financially, too, so that that only helps it. Yeah, exactly. Know? I mean, so. golf's not a, not a cheap sport. We yep. know that. So. Not uh, Great golf weather. 
Not great golf weather. Your no. boy, your boy Willie. Shout <laughs> out Willie. My boy Willie. Yeah, he said his his home courses are open about five months a year. So maybe may, yeah. that's, that's, may, that's maybe a little more than I would have thought. I mean, five yeah. months is not great. I may be. I may be off. I may be off by a month or two, but and, that, that's a rough estimate. And, and I'll say this: year. I bet that a country like Norway is starting to more increasingly get some pretty impressive indoor golf facilities because countries like that where you just don't have the option to be outside more than half the year. But I mean, people still want to play. Golf, people still want to work on it. Mm-hmm. I would imagine the number of those is popping up, uh, and the quality of those is popping up, where you can get some pretty good indoor golf practice and play. I mean, simulators now are ridiculous. They're they're yeah. so good. So yeah, I think uh, golf will continue to grow. It's not quite in the Norway Johnny Miller bringing up every time. Oh, I had to hit balls off carpet in my garage, and that's how I know when I strike <laughs> it well. Or it's not Steve Stricker I wonder setting what he's up doing a, now. setting up an RV in Wisconsin that he like cut a hole in the wall yeah. so that he can stand in an RV and hit golf balls out into the field. Yeah. The the genius some of these golfers have to be able to to get some practice in. I mean, we know what it's like. I mean, just randomly, like we did as kids, chipping yards and or chipping balls in the front yard over houses. You know, like yeah. he thinks of stuff like that. Or know? me and you in the in the uh, Taylor's front yard. Uh, we were growing up, middle school, high school. Like we could go from his front yard and then between him and his neighbor's driveways, there was what a, a twelve to fifteen strip of grass, yep. foot strip of grass right there. And we would go in his yard, we'd go to 20, 30, 40 yards, and we'd try to chip it and land it in between the two driveways <laughs> in the strip of grass. So if we missed, it would hit the concrete and it would take a, a huge bounce. So, I mean, that's a good way to learn how to hit a 30-yard shot. Yeah, yeah. And, we, and we were very paranoid of hitting the cart path. That, and one thing, too, is, you know, the cart paths, or the cart paths, the driveways, aren't particularly paved so well. So, you know, it, <laughs> it could land and literally go any direction. And so... I'll tell his neighbor's not listening. <laughs> well, uh, they're like, we, y'all are doing what? We've had like three neighbors change since this time. Well, there so, you go. So okay. we don't have and to worry about it. They literally got new neighbors like six months ago. And we, so. and we never broke anything. We did hit the concrete a lot, me more so than Taylor, but we <laughs> never actually broke anything. Did we have to set, chase some balls down the street? Sure. Absolutely, yeah. we did. Uh, and every, did, we have, every, did we have to apologize because some people got mad once or twice? Maybe. We said we wouldn't do it again. <laughs> we did it the next day. Semantics. So <laughs> Semantics. We were kids. Kids do stuff. So uh, congratulations to Victor Hovland. That is awesome. By the way, we, we got to show some love to Annika, too. Annika basically comes out of retirement, goes out to the U.S. Senior Women's Open to compete, you know, against people her age, her skill level. Uh, well, not her skill level, as it turns out. Annika Swanstam yeah. went out and teed it up at the U.S. Women's Open and won by eight shots. She finished at 12 under at the U.S. Open. Next best was four. So, Annika still got it. I mean, that's go status. To just show up, put the ball on the tee, and win by eight at her first, like, real tournament she had a chance to win in forever, that is goat stuff from Monica. No, no, I completely disagree. She played the American Century Celebrity Championship. She was ready to go. <laughs> she How in the world did she get in that tournament? I don't know. You go win the Senior Women's Open by eight shots, and you get to play some celebrity golf tournament. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard of. She's a celebrity! Okay. Because of golf. What, let, uh, what is Ricky Fowler going to go play in the celebrity championship? He's famous re- for golf. Relax. She lost to Vinny Del Negro. I don't care if you lost or you won. You don't get in a celebrity <laughs> golf tournament because you're famous hey, for golf. By the she's way, she's retired though. There must be. She won by eight. She was retired until four days ago, and now she's USC. No, she's she retired at the celebrity championship. She would have. She would have even gone lower than she did. And I'm the biggest Annika golf fan you'll ever meet. I loved her growing up. I thought it was awesome when she played. At Colonial, when she was getting ripped for playing there, I thought it was fantastic. But you do not get to play in a celebrity golf tournament when you are a famous for being a freaking golfer. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's like when they play the celeb softball games, and all of a sudden it's like Mike Piazza. Yeah, yeah, or, oh, <laughs> Frank Thomas. The, yeah, the, yeah the, the celebrity uh, basketball tournament. You're going to have. Um, uh, someone who just retired yeah. from the NBA, Stephen Jackson. You're, 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 you're going to have Kevin Hart guard Allen Iverson. Yeah. Yeah. Chauncey Billups on Kevin Hart. Yeah. Right. Annika, come on. I mean, that was disgraceful way, to play in that tournament. What happened in round two of this tournament? Because I didn't watch uh, the U.S. Senior Women's Open, but it looks like uh, at least Annika uh, and Lisette Newman both uh, only played seven holes on uh, on the second round, and so uh, there must have been a little rain delay which canceled the second round. So Annika finishes. Uh, I think at something froze up. Yep. What in the world? Finishes at twelve. 
finishes at 12 under could have gone even lower than that. Yeah, absolutely. So great stuff from Monica. Just uh, some goat stuff from Monica. That's what but she does. Both so. one and two were from uh, Sweden. So good for, that? good for the Swedes. Yep. How about the Swedes? Uh, all right. While we're talking oh, I, about I'm sorry. Countries. Um, um, two at uh, one and two, and then T seven. Uh, Helen Alfredson was also from Sweden. Shout out to the Swedes. Sweden women's golf. No Look doubt. Sweden's or at least next old to Norway, women's right? golf. Uh, yeah, right, yeah right next to yeah. it. Too. Yeah, they're all over uh, there. Finland's up there. Cluster. Scandinavia. Uh, as they are correct called. me if I'm wrong. Maya Stark at Oklahoma State from Sweden, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stark. Stark is a very Swedish. Peterson. Right. How Stark? We support How Stark on the show. Maya Stark. Brian Stark. Yep. We support how Stark on this Ned show. Ned Stark. Y'all game Brian of Thrones, Stark, guys? Give him a give him a shout out. Shout out Brian Stark. Advanced pretty far in the uh, Western AM. I believe he made it to the quarters. Quarters. Round of 16, mistaken. I think. Yeah. Uh, yep. Round of eight. Round of eight. I round of eight. Round of eight. Was yeah. It? yeah. I think it was round yeah. of eight. Made yeah. it to the round of eight. So good stuff uh, from Oklahoma State's Brian Stark. So we're talking about all these countries. We might as well pick some countries, fellas. It's time to give our podium predictions for the U.S. Women's Olympics. Uh, we did. How about this? I was going to say this earlier. We did podium predictions last week for the men's. All three of my guys that I picked to be on the podium finished in the top three. Only one of them got a medal. How about that? Wow. That is impressive. My picks were, uh, I had Hideki winning it, Morikawa in second, and Xander in third. Xander won, Morikawa and Hideki both finished T3 and didn't get a medal. Yeah. I had, who did I have? I had, uh, I know I had Neiman for bronze. I had Cam Smith. Uh, who was and, close. Didn't he finish at 14? Yeah, yeah he, he finished he, one shot back of that big yeah. playoff. And he bogeyed 18, too. Yeah, uh, he did. And then who do I have winning? I had Hovland winning. Yep. 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 So they all played good. That's what I'm saying right. about DraftKings is everyone played good. So it was kind of tough. a tough week to... I didn't have anyone sniff it. My gold medal, JT, he was... Uh, I thought the good bent grass greens would help his no-putting self. It did not. He made 18 pars in round one. When you do that, when everyone else is averaging about <laughs> three and a half under, you are getting lapped, and it's hard to uh, chase at that point. By the point. way, Cam Smith is a sneaky... He, he's kind of the sneaky fat kid. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, he... He normally wears these other clothes, but then, you know, Australia is sponsored by ASIC, and he has to wear this tight stuff. And he has a little he has a little pouch down here, a little a little kangaroo pouch down there can, at can the I bottom. Just say, let, me say, let me say something. The sneaky fat kid? Yeah. No, he has a skinny <laughs> face. That's kind of an oxymoron, isn't it? No, he has a skinny face, and normally you can hide it with the right clothes, but then eventually you're going to have to wear something like, you know, tight ASIC European green and yellow pants. And you're not going to look that great. Uh, can I just say, but the Cam was- Smith looks horrible. <laughs> Cam Smith looks so bad. I love it. He has got to. Uh, he looks so bad. I See, love it. Cam Smith, ha- he has to play in like some Monday or Tuesday random scrambles to look like that because he wants to sandbag so bad. He doesn't want people to think he's a pro golfer. I love it. That's he- the only way he can look like that. He's the got mullet? like a, a half. It's not a mullet it- because it's a. Fra- it's like a fragmented mullet. It's, it's a just- mullet. It's a mullet. And it's a weak-ass mullet. He has the dirty stash, and he even shaved AUS Australia into the side of his head. He looked horrible. It I was, thought it was awful. I think I think he looked bad because the yellow shirt and the green pants. You, you thought he looked fat, Sam? You said he looked fat. No, I didn't say he looked fat. I said he looked sneaky fat. Like, <laughs> no, there's a difference, okay? Like, like okay, you got, please describe I, the difference. I know, okay. I know what you mean, though, because his usual attire on the course like fits him really well yeah. and stuff, like his usual scripting, but this ASIC stuff, that he was wearing to represent Australia didn't yep. fit him as well, like, and it accentuated all of the parts that he maybe doesn't usually want to be accentuated. Like, I didn't right. say he was fatty. I said he was sneaky there, fat. There, there's guys like, it's you different. know, there's guys like, you know, Darren Clark, John Daly, Patrick Reed. They're fat. Like, I'm expecting <laughs> them when I get on TV to, like, be like, yeah, he's fat. Like, you know, and then, but then you have guys like, uh, you know, a Cam Smith, or I'm trying to think of other, like, sneaky fat guys. Like a John Rom, like, he, he's kind of sneaky fat, skinny face, little pooch down here. <laughs> almost every golfer's like that. Yeah, no, no, hundred percent. Almost it's every adult, ball. almost every adult male is like that. <laughs> almost every adult man is. By just the like, way, sneaky fat. Your boy, your boy Seb Strzok can put down some burgers. <laughs> Let me tell you, that dude, that dude's. Seb he's Strzok on the Patrick is, Reed elite way, fat level. Shout out my guy Seb Strzok. I finished second in our DraftKings last week, and sixty four hundred dollars Seb Strzok was a big reason. He was. He had a good week. He had a good week. Well, he didn't. He missed five or six cuts. He didn't have a chance to miss a cut because there was no cut. Exactly. I love. I love cut misters and no cut yeah. events. They play free. They got nothing to worry about. Yeah, you know who else looks like sneaky fat? Perfect example: Rory Sabatini. <laughs> I mean, okay, he's not fat, but he's not skinny either. He's sneaky fat, but he had the right clothes to back it up. And and but if if you put Asics on Rory Sabatini, he's gonna look chubby. 
I'm so, not saying so, I disagree. So, so, we're just, right, we're just my, getting, my, getting a kick well, out of the fact that Sneaky <laughs> Fat has become afraid to okay, okay, here, 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 Here's something. What defines Sneaky Skinny? Sneaky Skinny? Oh, that's a good... Like, we need an example of Sneaky Skinny. So that's like glass skinny. half full. I mean... Chess and Hadley. So, so like skinny, someone like no. Alpha Barn not, Rat who lo- looks no, fat like all the time. No, he's obviously skinny. Like Justin Thomas, obviously skinny. Like, like how do you get, how's, how does Sneaky Skinny? Like, how's I think Sneaky Skinny's tougher, though, because... Like so, you have like you what have, you're talking about. With sneaky fat is like you can kind of wear clothes that make you look better. Yeah, I mean sneaky skinny. If you're skinny, you're skinny. No, like I know this very well because like you know, as long as I don't get fat enough to have a double chin, I'm not fat. Okay, so then and the beard helps. With the, yeah, the beard chin. looks good. Sam. Well, that's why I have it. So <laughs> me too. Yeah, but anyway, so like you have guys that are ripped like Paul Casey. You have guys that are skinny like Xander Shoffley. and then if you go down the list a little bit to guys like Ernie Els, like he has the body type so he can be as big as he wants, and he'll never look fat. Okay, so there's three, but but sneaky fat is a guy that looks like little and skinny, but he's really kind of pudgy. <laughs> You'll know, it, you'll know it when you see it. All but, right, here's what we're going to do with this conversation. We are going to very firmly leave this conversation when we talk about Olympic men's golf. Now we're going to turn the page to women's, <laughs> women's Olympic golf, and this conversation is going to become a thing of the past. It's time to predict our podiums. I'll start. We'll start with bronze. We'll work our way up. We'll do uh, snake graphs. So we'll go around. I'll start with bronze. Taylor, you'll do bronze silver. We'll come back, uh, and then we'll snake back. So for my bronze medalist this week, I don't want to be a super homer. It's U.S. sent four, South Korea sent four. Those are going to be eight of the, the significant favorites at the Olympics. But I don't want to just put all uh, U.S. or Korean golfers up there. So I am going to throw in for a bronze medal. Give me Lydia Ko for bronze. I like that. So I'm going to Represent, go. Representing Australia, by the way. Or New Zealand. Is she representing Australia or New Zealand? New Zealand. Okay, New Zealand. New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, give me Lexi Thompson for bronze. Okay, so we got New Zealand and U.S. I, I'll just go to be a little contrarian. Give me Brooke Henderson for the okay. bronze. Okay, representing Canada. And then for the silver, give me Nelly Corda. All right. For the silver, you got Nelly Corda. Yeah. Okay, number one player in the world. Sam? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Yuka Sasso for Ooh, silver. Very nice, very nice. All right, so I took Lydia Ko for bronze. Oh, I'm torn. I'm torn between two golfers here. I'm going to go silver. Uh, silver and gold. I'm, I'm debating between uh, Jin Young Ko and Nelly Korda what, what order to put them in, silver and gold. I'll be a homer. I'll put Nelly Korda at gold. gold. I'll put Jin Young Ko at silver. Uh, so Nelly gold, Jin Young Ko silver, and then I'll go uh, Lydia Ko in bronze. And this is a serious question. So the women do not have the same South Korean requirements. Like, they don't have to do anything for the government, whether it be military or I anything. I don't believe so, no. I don't think no. they do. I, I, think that as, I think that mandatory military service in South Korea applies to men. Yeah, Correct. okay, yep. gotcha. Yep. And then, so, man, Ko's a good pick. I like MB Park as well, but I think I'm going to have to go with either Nelly Korda or Danielle Kang. I'm, I'm flipping the coin here, heads Tails, I'm calling heads, and so it is Nelly Corda. Nelly Corda, all right. Nelly Corda for gold. So we got two Nellies for gold. Taylor, you've got her sitting there at silver, number one player in the world. So who do you have winning gold? I got NB Park winning gold. NB Park, very I, nice. I, I like now it. some of the recent finishes, T12, T22, T40, T10, T29, T, uh, I'm sorry, T17, 9, T3. I mean, that's good play. So, my, yeah, good play. so my dark horse that I think could wind up in the seven-way bronze playoff, uh, Patty Tavitanik. I knew you were going to say that. Tavitanik like hits say, bombs. You just like saying her name. Also, she hits bombs. Does she? Oh, yeah. Tavitanik hits it miles. She's one of the longest hitters uh, on the uh, on the women's tour. Also, I, I like your I like the Lydia Co. pick. I like uh, Lexi Thompson, too, this week. And someone we didn't mention, the other quarter sister, Jessica. Yeah. Absolutely. You know who else plays on plays well on pure greens is Jennifer Cupcho. Yes, she does. Yes, she so. does. Won the Augusta National Women's Amateur yep. a couple years ago, the inaugural uh, edition. So There's a stuff. bunch of Americans that... Like, you know, well, is Jennifer Cupcho even in the Olympics, though? No, no. She's not. Okay. No, so, but but I was acknowledging that she does play well yeah, on good days. Yeah. Yeah, but there, <laughs> I mean, there's more Americans than you would think on these, you know. Like, if you think of women's golf, it's normally international players. But it's, like, the Americans picked it up in you, recent years. I'm, I'm looking at the top, you know, 25, and there's a bunch of Americans. The Americans have significantly there's picked it up. The one, two, two quarter sisters, four. Danielle King, Lexi Thompson, Jennifer Cupcho. There's 10 Americans in the top 25. 
That's really good on the women's There's side. More, that's more than I thought. That's really good on the women's side. They've really started to pick it up. So, uh, great stuff there. Uh, by the way, want to make sure and remind everybody, if you're having back problems, head over to the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma. Go see Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley. If you're up watching Olympic golf until 4 a.m. and all of a sudden you twist your back, you need to go see them. High-quality individualized patient care. Total complete spine care. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive. The Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley recently received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Visit thespineclinicok.com located off Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. All right, Sam, you had an idea for a draft. We were talking the Olympics. We were talking basketball. The NBA draft was on. Yep. Yep. NBA draft was on. So explain to the listeners what your idea was for our draft today. All right, so what we're about to do, we're about to draft a snake draft like we normally do. Uh, And we're going to imagine, so, because Colby and I were laughing about this three-on-three pickup basketball that's an Olympic sport now. It's half court. Okay, they don't play full court. It's half court basketball, three on three. It's ridiculous that it's in the Olympics. It, <laughs> it really makes is. no sense to me. It really is ridiculous that it's in the Olympics. It's an intramural sport. We had we played intramural three on three basketball at OSU. It's an intramural sport. It's in the Olympics. Um, but okay, so now what we're gonna do is we're gonna draft golfers that are in the top, you know, certain amount of golfers because you can't pick guys like a Steph Curry or someone that plays golf on the on on the side. Right, so we're making that a rule, right, boys? I mean, yeah. Where, no, where no, does the line? Where does the line cross here? Pros. So basically, real yeah, quick, pros, we're making pros only. We're making active pros. Yeah, yeah, and not Tony Romo's that get exemptions. No, exactly. No, no, no. Not okay. Steph, Steph Curry doesn't count just because he played a Corn Fairy event. Right, exactly. And so if, he, making, if he does, I'd like to draft first. Yep, yep. <laughs> we're making three on three pickup basketball teams made. Solely of golfers. Yes. This- Pro- professional golfers, uh, what, P- PGA or European Tour? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. One thing I want to point out, because you're talking about how this is an Olympic sport, from 1912 to 1948, art competitions were an Olympic sport, from architecture, literature, music, painting, and sculpture. Okie dokie. So, just wanted to throw that out there. <laughs> yep. And, but we didn't have golf for 112 years. Correct. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes a ton of sense. All right, this is what we're going to do, because I think we all kind of want to draft first. So, we'll all three draw a card. High card goes first. Ace is high. High card goes first in the draft. I got a queen. Let's go. Joker? Joker uh, redraw. I didn't know there were jokers right, in the right, deck. Right. Joker's got Austin. I think that's Austin. Why are there jokers in the deck? Say, ball don't lie. I, got don't for, lie. I, I got the bronze pick. Yep, all Taylor right. goes third. Taylor got a deuce. Sam got a king. Right. I got a queen. I mean, obvious number one pick. Gary Woodland. He played college basketball. Yep. Gary Woodland was the number one pick. That's who I wanted at number one. Uh, now, I mean, should I take the 6'9 guy on the Euro Tour? <laughs> the, just the absolute beast that played in the Open. I like. I don't, I don't remember his name, but... Someone I, look up his name. Can I just say 6'9 guy on was the Euro it, Tour? I think it was Johnston. Johnson? I, I think, Colby, to make a pick, I think you have to submit a name. How about this, then? Give me Tony Finau. Wow. Tony, Tony Finau's a hooper. The, the cousin of Jabari Parker. And yes. uh, hello to Inada, too. Uh, really? They're all cousins? Really? That's what I just read. On no this way. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Good genes. Good genes in that family. Who's the best basketball player in that family? Tony Finau or Jabari Parker? John Thompson is that, is that golfer. Okay, sounds good. Well, Taylor, Taylor's about to pick him, so Taylor can tell us yeah, the thing. Yeah, thank you for saving, my, saving me some time. I'll use Finau because we're going to put this on Twitter for a poll, and nobody's going to know who Thompson is. Yeah, John, <laughs> John Thompson. Well, make sure to put it in highlights six nine. We need to put the size by each of them, six nine three hundred. So that's my center. And then I'm going to go with um, Dustin Johnson. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. I was I was gonna Give circle me, back I around got to six, DJ. I six nine and six four on my team. Go well, ahead, y'all are T-Dub. done, boys. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't actually like that you took DJ. That was gonna be my next pick. I don't know why I didn't anticipate you taking him. Who do I think's just like a good basketball player? Patrick Reed, maybe, probably not. Well, T Dub picks two. Paul, right Paul there. Casey, probably not. I got, I got Thompson. He too. took John oh, Thompson. You took and DJ. Thompson too. Okay, yeah. John Thompson and DJ. Six nine three hundred. You kidding me? I don't really know where to go from here. Let's go. Give me thinking, thinking, buffering. Give me Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka is just yeah. an athlete. He's he's told us many times that golf's one of his least favorite sports. Uh, he likes basketball, so I'll take I'll take Kepka. Kepka seems seems like the guy when you play to twenty one and you get to about ten or eleven, he just says, "I'm done. I'm gonna go hang out with Jenna." Yeah. So I don't know if I want him on the team. Uh, well, I mean, and you know, 
it weakens knees. So, anyways, so <laughs> I'm going to go with an OSU guy. And I have played pickup basketball with Wolf before. He's decent. He's okay. He can shoot it a little bit. But I'm not going Wolf. I'm going with a guy uh, from a high school that breeds good basketball players. I know who you're taking. I'm going Taylor Gooch yeah. from Carl, Carl Albert. Gooch played a little high school basketball in his day, didn't he? Yeah, he's an athlete. Yeah, Gooch is an athlete. Yeah, I like that pick. Gosh, I'm really bummed that you drew a king. I wanted Woodland. Woodland's like the PJ Tour guy that's known for being a basketball yep. Dude, player. Dude, my team is by far the best. You, get and, and my, you have a big team. You need a point guard. Oh, I got a point guard in my next pick. Y'all watch out. If size is overrated in any sport, it's basketball. Everybody goes for small guys. Oh, I I, I got me I got me a point guard next pick. Who you got, Colby? Uh, you got well, Sam's got to give one more. Snake draft. You got to give another one, Sam. Taylor Moore. Taylor Moore. Wait, wow. I, I thought we were drafting an oh, absolute we, athlete. We said we said he's PGA, on, he we, is. We said PGA Tour. He's on the only. PGA Tour. He's a, he is on the PGA he's Tour. The P, that's who I was going to take. He's on the. But how many are we picking? That was his third player. He's got Woodland. He, yeah, he's got Woodland, Gooch, and more. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. All right. Yeah, he's on. Okay. Yeah. He's got Woodland, right, Gooch, well, and more. Take my point guard. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I've got Finau. That's Finau's pretty good. Finau, Kepka. Team more six go, foot uh, six one and can dunk. So yeah, yeah, he's an athlete. And then I'm gonna go with uh big basketball guy, big basketball guy from LA, big Kobe guy. Give me Max Homa. Max Homa. Homa's I, a baller. All right. Homa, Homa's a basketball so guy. So who are your three? My three are Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka, and Max Homa. Mine are all big enough names that I might get some votes on Twitter just because yeah. I've got big star names. Tyler? Mm, I'm trying to scroll through here. Let me see. We need to tweet this out. Sam took your point guard. We need to add all these guys. I feel like they might have something to say about this. Well, as many of them as we can uh, as we can get in the tweet. <laughs> yeah, you took my point guard, Sam. This really, really threw me off for a draft. I almost need to make a trade. Um, I, I've seen Taylor Moore dunk, by the way. I He's have an too. absolute athlete. And how are you going to – he's 124th in the world, Colby. So don't give me none of this BS about he has to be on the tour. What are you, Will Zalator? I was clarifying the rules. I was literally clarifying the rules because we said before we started, PGA Tour and European Tour only, and then Sam threw out a Corn Ferry guy who's also a tour a tour guy. I was just clarifying the rules. I bent the rules. Oh, God. Man, but you threw, but you, I mean, y'all threw me a little curveball here because I got size and now I need a point guard. I need a shifty point guard. You and got I, somebody to handle the ball. And, and I can't go back in the past because uh, Jack Nicholas he played basketball. He he got offered a basketball scholarship. Um, I was reading earlier. Hell, Irwin got was a, a I'll give quarterback. you a point guard. Kierdek after barn rat. I say I love I love my boy <laughs> more like point guard. <laughs> Let me see here. I'm trying Escalade. to think. <laughs> I could go with someone like Bo Hostler just to be funny. Um, <laughs> mm, is, is, is Spisa, y'all think Spisa Hooper? No, I, I don't think Spisa. JT maybe. Yeah, definitely don't pick any of the French guys. I've played you know basketball with them. You know could, what you need could to do? Could go with six five or five five a answer. I you know, need to. You I need know to a take guy. Bryson. You need to take Bryson and just bully people. Dude, I know a guy for your point guard, but I'm not going to tell you. And then I'll tell you after. Okay, sounds good. I like it. All right, all right, for real. Sneaky dark horse here. I would pick Tiger if he was hurt. If give he me, wasn't hurt. If he wasn't hurt, sorry. Give me the trash talker himself. Give me Phil Mickelson. Oh, oh, big calves. Fill the thrill. Give me calves. Dude, he's going to have open shots. DJ and my boy Thompson going to be creating lanes. I was, Phil's also a bigger guy himself. I bet DJ or Phil's got some handles. Dude, my team is loaded. I was going to say Cameron Champ. Cameron oh, Champ would Cameron be good. Champ would have been a good one. Yep. Over or under one dribble per possession for Taylor's team. I don't know if anybody on that team can dribble. <laughs> John Thompson, DJ, and Phil. Dude, Phil, Phil's good at everything. You think Phil's good at basketball? Yeah, he, and he I would think shoot, Phil, I Phil would, would shoot right-handed. Right Phil will get in every single one of y'all's players' heads. Maybe not the Oklahoma boys because they're mentally tough, but, Colby, your team... Oh, who, who my you, God, we missed an obvious one. Who? A guy that actually played basketball no. growing up. who? Scotty Scheffler. Oh, was he? I didn't know he played basketball yeah. growing up. And he's I did tall. not know that. Okay. Yeah, I, heard, I, I thought about him. I had, to, I'll, I'll I had take, too many I'll, tall people. I'll just take home out. Should have went with someone real. Athletic. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I should have went with someone real athletic like Kevin Nall, Brian Harmon. Yeah, there you go. That would have been really good. All right, so final teams. I got Finau, Kepka, and Homa. Taylor, you've got John Thompson, DJ, and Phil. And then, Sam, you've got Gary Woodland, Taylor Gooch, and Tyler Moore. So, good stuff. We'll put yep. that on the Twitter, at the 73rd hole. If you're not following us on Twitter, or aren't you following us on Twitter, at the 73rd hole. You can follow us on Instagram, just 73rd hole. And then there was some uh, local golf play, Taylor. And, by the way, everybody can head over to golfoklahoma.org. They've always got all this stuff covered. But, Taylor, tell the people what's been happening in the state of Oklahoma. Yeah, so I, I got on to – um, 
uh, okgolf.org, and I checked out uh, what was happening on OJGT, and so they had the um, uh, their first kickoff event this year, and normally I think it's at Kicking Bird with all being shut down. It's at Lincoln East, and we've been talking about all these different playoffs they had, guys. At eight under par, there was a five-man playoff in the boys' division. Wow. And it ended up going, I didn't see, I don't I don't get to see all the, the holes here, but uh, Britton Manley from Tulsa won on the eighth playoff oh hole my God. on we, Lincoln do, East. Do we think they just started on one? I don't know. I don't. That's a good question. At least if they finished on eighth, they were by the clubhouse. I bet right? they started on one. Yeah. Uh, read off the other guys that tied for eight under. Uh, yeah, Jay Copper, uh, Colby Matthews, Parker Payne, and Rhett Hughes. All names that we've heard heard before. So, yeah, a yeah, lot, lot of really great junior golf in this state. So, I thought that was cool. And to give a little love on the girls' side, uh, Beans Factor from Ada was the only uh, – girl under par she shot 70 69 to win by three shots over uh emory uh shorts from uh derby kansas very nice so. that's some good golf being played i mean beans o- Oklahoma. Factor, we got it we we have to interview beans she's automatically my favorite women's golfer in, in, on the pg lpga tour or anything you know what that takes me back to even stevens yeah back in beans. the day beans yeah beans yeah. yeah that's awesome just congrats beans that's some good golf being played there's really good junior golf in this state yeah, I mean, it is it really so, is. so good. I'm, I'm already ready for high school golf next year. Get some of the state tournaments rolling yeah. back around. Those are so much fun, man. Those are so much fun. <laughs> Where's the state I mean, if, if, you shot, if you shot even par in the boys' division, you got tied 16th. Wow. I mean, that's, that's, that's just For insane. a two-round tournament? Yes. Wow, that's some good golf. Tied for 16th was even. Yes. Wow, that's awesome. Great stuff. Great, 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 great stuff. We missed anything today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. WGC this week. Barracuda Championship this week. We'll have one-and-done picks uh, from both. U.S. Women's Olympic Golf starts tomorrow at 5.30 our time, uh, and it'll be going into the wee hours of the morning, just as the men's side did. So, uh, great stuff. Sam Taylor, good stuff. Sam, happy late birthday. Appreciate uh, it. Had a blast this weekend. So, uh, good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening, for following, subscribing, rating, all that good stuff. Congrats, Beans. Congrats, Beans. Great stuff. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.